me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hi everybody, welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And believe it or not, this is Simon Provan. Hey, Simon Provan. I do believe you. It's been far too long. <laughs> I almost called been, yes. you Rachel Wood, but I'll call you Simon Provan this week. But uh, you're much cuter than Rachel. We won't say that. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. Uh, but it depends on who you're asking, I guess. We're asking your <laughs> wife. I think you would win that battle. But uh, Simon, welcome back to Two Up Front, sir. It's been far too long. Uh, did you enjoy the, the travels with the family? And then, oh, it's uh, fantastic. All kinds of yes, stuff. You yeah. were all over the Traveling, country, I felt doing like. some filming. Yeah, oh it, was, it, was, it was great. We did a Laura Ingalls Wilder Trail trip. Wow, Baxter, okay. That's yeah. what I thought you had done, yeah. Yeah, we all did a show you know, last fall where I played Pa, my oldest daughter Grace played Laura, and okay. Bethany played Carrie. So we, we had to do this trip and, and, and explore where the Ingalls lived and all that. And then, yeah, I've been, been very blessed and fortunate to be doing a bunch of filming and voiceover gigs. And so, so yeah, work, work's been good. Life's been good. A brief glimpse into the window of what Simon <laughs> Provan does on a daily, weekly basis. Well, I'm excited to have you back, Simon. Uh, we've got a huge show today. Uh, we figured that you coming back would only be right to jam-pack our show full of wonderful, amazing guests. Uh, we just have a whole rundown for you today. We are going to be joined a little bit later on in the program uh, by one of the show favorites, uh, Peter Wilt, the ma- Mr. Soccer, as they call him. He's going to be here to talk about a new project uh, that he's yes, got. Some of you yes. may have heard about that. Uh, we'll talk about that with him a little bit later on. Uh, we're also going to be joined by a slew of incredibly talented young ladies today as well, too. Lynn Williams from the North Carolina Courage and U.S. Women's National Team is going to be here. Caroline Stanley of the Orlando Pride is going to be here as well, too. And in just a brief moment, Sky Blue FC midfielder Sarah Killian is going to be here with us as well, Simon. But uh, before we do all of that, we want to remind you, of course, uh, we are actually broadcasting live at Left Lucky Town today. Uh, we are. For those that we don't are. know, uh, we, uh, we're also the broadcast team for the Milwaukee Torrent. The Torrent have a home game tonight against FC Indiana. Uh, and Left Lucky Town is the, the, the watering hole for the Torrent fans and for its broadcasters as well, too. <laughs> uh, preview uh, pregame. Uh, so we are excited to be here. And a special thanks to Lefts uh, for having us today as well. Yeah, make sure to check us out on Facebook as well, 2UpFront in the search bar. You'll find us there. On Twitter, we are at 2UpFrontSoccer. That's the number two. Do not spell it out. Uh, he is at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Proven. All right, Simon Proven. Well, as we mentioned, uh, we've got a great guest to join us here right away uh, to start the show. Uh, she is a midfielder for Sky Blue FC. She was drafted number two overall back in the 2015 NWSL draft. 
It's Sarah Killian of Sky Blue FC, and she joins us now on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Sarah, welcome to Two Up Front. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Sarah. It is our pleasure to have you and uh, welcome you on your inaugural uh, visit to Two Up Front as well. We've had uh, several other Sky Blue players on. Christy Holly is uh, a fan favorite, of course, for us as well, too. But uh, we're thrilled to have you on the program today. And uh, we got to start by asking, uh, Sky Blue, fourth place right now. They kind of came out of the gates uh, firing and I think surprised a lot of people. 6-6-1 six, six, and one right now. How is life uh, in New Jersey? I didn't think it could get any better than right now, but uh, things seem to be going pretty well for you ladies right now. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, like you said, we've had a pretty good start to the season. And, um, you know, like any team, we're always kind of striving to uh, reach perfection, which, you know, is never going to happen, but we're going to strive to reach perfection. And um, even though we've been doing well, there's points that we've had some major learning experiences, and uh, we're just going to take those and try to keep on rolling. Uh, speaking of the season and and the you're doing better than last year, but it's it's been a bit of a seesaw. It's you had back to back wins back in May against the Houston Dash in that home and away series, but for the rest of the season, you guys have gotten me a little motion sickness here because it's win loss, <laughs> win loss, win loss. A bit of a seesaw. <laughs> uh, so I'm wondering though, you got a very important game coming up. Uh, first of all, has there anything that Christy Holly, your coach, has been focusing on this week in training for you guys to try to get another uh, winning streak going here? I mean, honestly, it's just kind of sticking to what we know, and that is kind of playing for each other and showing up every week and, you know, giving 110% and making sure that um, everyone knows the game plan offensively and defensively. And, um, again, game day, you show up and you give it all that you have and make sure that we kind of stay together and we support each other out there on the field. And on a more personal level, you guys take on a struggling FC Kansas City this this coming weekend. You're vicariously sitting there in fourth. Portland uh, is just a point below, but they do have a game in hand, so obviously these three points are vital this weekend. But from a personal point of view, how much do we see the team lean on you this weekend, grabbing those important three points? Because you're not only a goal scorer, but obviously a very effective midfielder for the team. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that everyone holds um, holds just as much worth, whether you're starting, whether you're not starting. You know, on this t- team, we try to put as much emphasis on um, everybody's role um, as we can. So, you know, whether you're getting 90 minutes, 30 minutes, you're not playing, or, you know, you're just, you're part of the coaching staff, the training staff, doesn't matter. Everyone's got to show up and um, perform to the best of their ability. And this Saturday, um it's the same. Game day, we show up and uh, we do the best that we possibly can. So, Baxter, we know after Sarah's soccer career, she will be a politician. Yes, it certainly sounds like it. <laughs> She's, she knows all the right things to say to motivate the people, it sounds like. So her, her fellow Americans support her. So we're, uh, we're very excited about that. But uh, also, Sarah, looking uh, through the rest of the month here, July is kind of a gauntlet month for Sky Blue. You just beat North Carolina last week. You take on Kansas City this week, and then you have to go take on Chicago and Seattle as well, too. Obviously, in a perfect world, you want to get you know 12 points from this month, but you play some of the very best teams that are going to allow you to also test yourself as a team as well. But what would you say is still something this team needs to work on to, to get into the conversation and stop being this, what exactly is Sky Blue kind of conversation that I feel like a lot of people have been having the last couple of seasons, us as well here on 2 Up Front? I think that... Um I think one of the biggest things we can improve on is consistency. And obviously, like you said, we've kind of been seesawing back and forth between a loss and a win, a loss and a win. And 
we need to find that consistency to be able to play a 90-minute game through and through um, and show up with, you know, three points at the end of every week and not just every other week. And I think that's the big thing, obviously, as well, too, is that the consistency, as you mentioned, Simon, is a big thing uh, for Sky Blue right now as well, too. Uh, a couple other quick questions. Uh, one other person that has been a huge uh, topic of conversation on your team this season uh, has been Sam Kirsch. He was named uh, Player of the Month as well, too, and rightfully so. She's been electric. But talk to me a little bit about what it's like to, to have that talented player in front of you as part of the offense that's been just dynamite so far the first couple of games. It is... It is such a pleasure to play on the same field as Sam Kerr. Um, she's an unbelievable player. Um, and just knowing that she's up front there and that we have that attacking presence on the field, I know that she's so dangerous and that other teams are, you know, taking that into account when they come to play us. So um, not only is she an amazing player, but she's an amazing person as well. And um, she's just that person that you want, the person who shows up every single day, gives 110%, um, but then off the field is such a great teammate as well, just kind of checking in on people um, and just having a good old time. So we we love having Sam out there on the field. Well, speaking of being on the field yourself, Sarah, you're, you're having quite a great season. Looking at goal scoring, you're tied for fourth in the league with uh, Kristen Press. You've got five goals on the season, which is more than you scored all of last season. And, and by the way, that's only seven shots on goal. So it's a tremendous uh, scoring rate for you when, you when you're getting a shot on goal. What do you feel is working better for you this year compared to last year? And that's not to say last year was a bad year for you, but, but obviously things are working really well for you. So what, what's been the big difference for you this year? Well, at the beginning of the season, um, I did have a little bit more of an attacking role, and I still have that ability crispy allows me kind of that ability to have more of an attacking role now. So I'm allowed to push forward a little bit more, but honestly, we've just had so many PKs and um, I was on a roll there for a bit hitting them. So, um, you know, just trying to put the ball in the back of the net as much as I can and help our team as much as I can. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, uh, you have been an absolute pleasure to have on the program today. We have to let you run, unfortunately, uh, but we wish, you, we wish you and Sky Blue FC the very best of luck uh, this upcoming weekend, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the program in the future as well. So thanks for taking the time today. Hey, thank you guys very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Thanks Absolutely, so much, Sarah. Sarah. All right, there goes Sarah Killian on the shopflitzall.com. Call in line from Sky Blue FC. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to keep the party going. We are going to have Lynn Williams from the U.S. Women's National Team at North Carolina Courage on the shopfootsall.com call in line. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back with more. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lions Pub.
Today we're here at Left Lucky Town in Wabatosa, Wisconsin before the Milwaukee Torrent home game tonight before they take on FC Indiana as they continue to fight for uh, higher points in the standings. But uh, no playoff contention, unfortunately, for the Torrent this year, Simon. But uh, not a bad NPSL start for the, for the, for the Torrent this season. Yeah, you've got to expect uh, some up and, down, up and downs in the first part of uh, the season. And obviously that, is, that has carried through a bit, Baxter, in the, in the later stages. But... Uh, they have an opportunity to actually get their first home win in regular season NPSL play in 2017, taking on, well, let's face it, a very weak FC Indiana. So we'll see what happens in just a few hours. Yes, looking forward to it, absolutely. But uh, our show continues to roll along. Uh, we just heard from Sky Blue FC midfielder Sarah Killian. Uh, it was great to hear from her. Now we get to move along with the party. As we mentioned, we've got a whole host of exciting guests. Uh, we talked about her in the beginning of the show. She's been on the show previously before. I've never had the opportunity to speak with her, but Simon has. Uh, I don't remember where I was. With my son being born, I don't remember why. Something like that. Something life important was going on. And I, I had the more exciting job of interviewing Lynn Williams. Yes, yes, exactly. And for some <laughs> odd reason, Simon, with the two upfront magic, her career has catapulted ever since go. that time. So uh, in, a, in, in predetermined to that, uh, it seems to be very... Uh, par for the course for us. But uh, we do welcome back to two up front on the shopfootsell.com, Lynn Williams of the North Carolina Courage and U.S. Women's National Team. Lynn, a very good day to you. Welcome to two up front. Thank you so much. We're glad to have you back on the program, Lynn. Uh, so as I, as I mentioned before we had you on, uh, you got a chance to speak with Simon last time that you were on the show. So I'm going to throw you a bunch of curveballs this entire interview <laughs> because you have no idea how, how I interview people. No, I, I won't be like that, I promise. But uh, I, I'm very excited to have you on the show, Lynn. Uh, as we've mentioned before on the program, this last calendar year uh, has been a big one for you. And uh, obviously your popularity continues to grow not only domestically but internationally as well, too. But, uh, I mean, you look at what you've done. You've, you've won an NWSL championship. You won the Golden Boot, of course, scoring for the national team as well, too. How have you been able to kind of process all of that and really just you know, wake up in the morning being like, my life is really, really good right now? <laughs> um, yeah, I think at first it was a bit of a shock. Um, definitely took a while to process everything because I think everything kind of started happening at one time. So I didn't even have time to celebrate the championship before I was finding out I was getting called into camp and then like having to prepare for that and stuff. Um, but, you know, I have a great support system around me who's definitely um, been able to, to help and um, just keep me level-headed and tell me like how amazing this opportunity is and uh, the everything going around, just try to soak it up and enjoy it and just have fun. And so that's what I'm trying to do and what I've been doing. Uh, part of that, Lynn, is obviously you're not you're not scoring as many goals this year as you were last year. So I'm wondering, are we going to see Lynn Williams score a barrage of goals here soon? Or is it really simply a matter of the goal scoring being more spread out this year for the Courage than, uh, than it was for, well, last year, of course, was Western New York Flash, but same players. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think um, a lot of people are just scoring um, different different goals, and I think last year we were under the radar. Nobody really knew who we were as a team, and this year we have a different target on our back. So um, I think things like that happen. And uh, I mean, obviously, I love scoring goals, and hopefully, that gets back to it. But it's awesome to see my teammates also score goals, and um, I think we're sitting pretty right now um, in in the standings and all that stuff and not that we like focus on that but i think 
our team is just growing day by day. So try not to focus on the goals and try to focus just on like our performance and how we can be a better team. Yeah, I mean that was that was part of my suspicion because it's not like you guys are lacking for goals. I mean, you've, right, you've got exactly. eighteen on the year. You're sitting third place in the, in the entire league. So yeah, that's not not bad at all. Honestly, I mean, you continue to see the uh, the progressiveness in that regards. Uh, talking with Lynn Williams on the shopfootsell dot com call in line of the North Carolina Courage. Lynn, I, I want to get a, a a thought from you because uh, a couple of months back. Uh, ESPNW had an article out by Graham Hayes, and it was titled, Lynn Williams is emerging as the new face of the U.S. Women's National Team Youth Movement. That's a lot of pressure, I feel like. Uh, how, I don't know if you saw the article. I don't know if there's been conversations had about it or not. But well, how do you react hearing something like that, that the United States Women's National Team, obviously, as we know, is on this youth movement, but being called the face, I feel like, of anything, but at an international level, has to be this extra amount of pressure just heaped onto your shoulders that you may or may not have been asking for. Um, yeah, you know, I try to look at it a different way. Um, I think I was really flattered that he said that, um, but you know, there's a whole many different opinions and for every one person who praises you, there's one person who's going to bring you down. Right. And I think that's just a balance of, that's a balance of life. So, um, I just try to stick to myself and um, I think it's only pressure if you let it be pressure. And so if I just stick to who I am and, just really loving soccer, um, I think I'll be fine. But, you know, it was really amazing that you said that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of pressure, Lynn, North Carolina takes on Seattle Rain with, uh, with with a streaking hot Megan Rapino who's just scoring loads of goals and all over the field. And, of course, you can't forget the uh, great play by Ab- Abby <laughs> Dahlkamper in goal as well. So what's something that uh, Courage is focusing on for this upcoming game against Seattle? I mean, to me, this is... This is the game of the week. Absolutely. It has to be. Yes. She's a freak of nature right now. I'll give her that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, she's obviously such an amazing player. She's really tricky. Um, She likes to take shots from um, places that most people want to take shots, so you have to be aware of that. But um, Seattle, I think, is a little more like us in the fact that they like to play a little transition kind of game, and they're speedy as well. But um, I think we're going to try to focus more on us than them. And um, if we can get them on their back foot, then I think that will take care of that problem. But, um, of course, we're going to have to be defending well and on our A game because they are doing very well at the moment and Pino seems to be on fire. So we'll hopefully put out that fire soon. Yes, and I apologize for misspeaking. Obviously, Abby's playing fantastic. She is. For the courage, but uh, goalkeeper, I should have mentioned, was Haley Kaufmeier. Listen, I mean, as talented as she is, I mean, I feel like if Abby wanted to play goalie, she probably could. But, you know, (laughs) yes, Haley Haley Kaufmeier has been phenomenal for Seattle this year. But, uh, Lynn, uh, looking at this game, obviously, as you mentioned, Seattle is going to be a big one. It's a home game for you. Then you get to pack up shop and go play another talented team in the Portland Thorns as well, too. How do you prepare for back-to-back games where you're facing, as some might argue, the two best teams in the league outside of your team, of course, with North Carolina? Um, yeah, I think you got to f- focus on um, one game at a time. We first have to just focus all on Seattle and the um, the different dynamics of them and how we're going to play against them. And then obviously going to Portland is always big. They're an amazing team, and not just them, but their crowd. Um playing in front of 18,000 people, 16, 18,000 people is always a fun time. Um, even if it's not for your team, <laughs> but just trying to manage that emotion and travel and all that stuff. It's, you have to be a professional about it. And I think that our team is very professional, um, in taking care of our bodies and 
having our emotions in check, but, you know, we can't really focus on Portland. We've got to focus on Seattle. That makes a lot of sense to me as well, too. And, Simon, I think I have an answer to why Lynn hasn't scored a lot of goals recently. is because they haven't played Boston a lot recently this season <laughs> as well, too. So and that's, that's nothing against Boston, obviously, but uh, that certainly seemed to be a, a, a help last year yeah, for but sure. One thing we do see, though, Lynn, is, is North Carolina, you've been in first place basically the entire season. Now, the league has added four more games this year, so you're, you're, you're halfway through the season at this point. You were, you're almost wrapping up last year. So... I know you're talking about taking it a game at a, at a time, but besides winning, what are some of the big things North Carolina has to do to finish first in the league and uh, basically claim that home field advantage throughout the playoffs? And, yes, I'm already talking about playoffs. <laughs> playoffs! <laughs> I I know. <laughs> That's the forbidden word. <laughs> That's why I said it, so you didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, she's like, don't be saying that P word around here, Simon. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we just need to keep playing good soccer um, and take it day by day, game by game, and not worry about the results and just kind of worry about the process. Um, and you mentioned that we were in first place, and that is, that's so great to know. And obviously we want to clench a playoff spot, but what we really need to worry about is just being a better team every day, single day, and that's not just in games but also in practice. And hopefully if we do that, that will – then in turn get us wins, and then if we keep winning, we obviously stay in first place. So um, I don't think it's about the out, it's not about like what the outcome, but it's about like the process getting to get that outcome. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Lynn, last question for me before uh, before we let you run. Uh, you look at your team right now, and uh, the talk around the league has been the fact that you guys kept basically the entire band together, uh, and that has been a huge component to why this team has been so successful what would it take i guess for this team to to really fall out of sorts i guess is it would it be you know a, a somebody like you leaving or someone like jess mcdonald retiring or sam mewis or something like that like how how does this how long can we see north carolina you know obviously the former you know western new york flash continue their run of consistent dominance because you won a championship last year with basically the same roster who's to say you can't do it again this season yeah, I think um, it would take a team that wasn't bought into our game plan and our strategy. I think right now every single person on the team is bought into our style of play and our game plan and our process. And I think you can see that from the starters to um, the people who are on the bench. Like, we have such a deep bench, and I think that's what makes our team amazing. Um, but, yeah, it would just take one person who's not fully bought in and – we are all fully bought in, and I think that's what kept is keeping us amazing and playing great soccer. And, you know, we, we're still young, and we have so much um, to learn and grow, but I think we are so for this team, and that's what helped us be successful. How much credit does do you give to Paul Riley for having that cohesiveness in the team? Yeah, I think um, he, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, <laughs> he came in to a team, I think last year, a team that was a bit broken. We didn't really have an identity. Um, we came off of a season that I think if you ask anybody who played on that first splash team or my first year would say that we didn't expect that to happen and it wasn't a good season. Um, and he kind of just turned us around and said, you know what, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to play. And hopefully you guys are all on board. And we didn't have a choice but to listen because we didn't know anything else besides failure, basically. And so we were like, yeah, sure, we'll try it. And we tried it, and it worked. 
And so why not stick with that for this season? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I got to uh, talk to Paul last year down at the NWSL Championship, and one of the things that impressed me the most, I asked him a question about Jess McDonald, and he said, you know, a lot of teams gave up on Jessica, mm-hmm. and, and I was – I always told her, no matter where I go, you'll always have a place in my team. And I just think, wow. I think that speaks volumes about it really the, the man that he is. Take oh. away the soccer aspect, but just the, the man that he is. Yes, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah, and I, I think Yeah, I think that he's such a great guy um, off the field as well. He um, During the Olympic break last year, he opened up his home to all of us, and we got to, like, go to his house and have a good time. Obviously, there was a little soccer involved, but he did that, and if you ask him to do anything for you, he will, and I think um, he's a great human as well as a coach, and for that, like, I respect him more and want to play for him more, so I think it's awesome. Diving bicycle kicks into Paul Riley's pool sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know if that was actually happening <laughs> exactly. or not, but that's what I was envisioning, like, you know, that's what I would do with my friends. Like, hey, I'm going to toss the ball. You try to head the ball, you know, as you dive into the pool or something. But uh, all right, Lynn, well, we have to let you run, but we are just so thankful to have you back on the program, and we want to continue to, to wish you the very best in your career. And we, we look forward to having you back on the program again soon as well, too. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll Thanks, talk Lynn. to you soon. There goes Lynn Williams on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Mr. Soccer himself, Peter Wilch, will be right around the corner. We also have some Gold Cup to talk about as well, too, and so much more. Stay with us. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub, as we continue to roll along with the program. Uh, for those of you that have been joining us for this uh, program, you know that we are here at Left's Lucky Town here in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. So it's no secret in our show that we like to do pre-recorded interviews for those that are probably wondering why your audio quality just dramatically dropped out of for no good reason. Uh, but we are uh, we are recording this interview uh, yesterday, technically, uh, as we are now broadcasting here on Fridays for those of you that are listening to this. So, uh, a couple months ago, Simon, we had the opportunity to have uh, at that point Sky Blue FC goalkeeper Caroline Stanley on the program. Uh, for those that know, she was on the same show that Ali Long was on as well, too. Uh, for those of you that are trying to reference in your in your mind when exactly Caroline was on, too. Uh, but we got an opportunity now because uh, she's had to file for change of address forms recently, Simon. Uh, only temporarily, but uh, she now finds herself down in the great sunshine state, and she joins us now on the shopfutsal.com call in line. It's a little weird to say, but Orlando Pride goalkeeper Caroline Stanley, uh, welcome back to Two Up Front. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's good to be back. It's great to have you here, Caroline. Uh, for those that have been following you the last couple of months, uh, it's been a little crazy for you. Uh, you were <laughs> you were called up uh, to go be a, an emergency goalkeeper, basically. You were signed on a, on a one-game contract to go and basically be the backup goalkeeper for Orlando uh, back on May 21st as they were going to go take on Seattle. Uh, and then things changed about 24 minutes into the game when all of a sudden Ashlyn Harris decided to go down with an injury, of course, against her better judgment. And suddenly you found yourself, after not really playing goalkeeper for a couple months, thrust into the spotlight against one of the most attacking 
heavy teams in all the NWSL, and you survived. You got a one-one draw out of it. But uh, walk me through that emotional roller coaster because you probably were just thinking you were just getting some free Starbucks in Seattle for the weekend, and then suddenly here you are trying to stop Megan Rapinoe and company from just berating your goal. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, I'll set the record straight. When you're in Seattle. You have to drink some local coffee. So I'll set that record straight. <laughs> Isn't no Starbucks, Starbucks local coffee, ingested. though? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yes, you have a point. I support <laughs> local local oh, mom okay. and pop shops. Okay, okay. So I did kind of my old game day routine, but I was much more relaxed thinking I was going to get to watch some great soccer. And um, like you said, unfortunately – Ash went down, and everything was a blur. Um, people ha- were asking me if I was nervous, and I wasn't nervous at all because, um, well, I had been starting the previous season, so going into the game wasn't the issue. The issue for me personally was I hadn't been in goal <laughs> in quite a while. Um, as many people know, I didn't get called into anybody's preseason camp due to being waived with less than a week to really figure out what I was going to do next. Um, So the issue was that, one, I hadn't necessarily been in goal, and two, I didn't even really know everyone's names on the field. I had met them less than 24 hours before. So I guess emotionally I was just kind of um, numb, for lack of better terms. I just kind of – you know, turn to the left and they're like, go warm up. And I just nodded. Like I had no words. I was like, okay. And just <laughs> went warmed up and they're like, you're going in. Oh and once gosh. again, I was just kind of like, okay, sounds good. It was, it was bewildering to me because I, I, it was the last yeah. thing I expected. I can imagine too. Cause I was, I actually decided to watch that game in, in the off chance that, you know, maybe you, they put you in at the end or for, for whatever odd reason. And as soon as I saw Ashlyn Harris go down, my mind immediately was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, are you, I was <laughs> like, are you serious? This is about to happen. But uh, you, you fended it off. Obviously you, you allowed that, that goal a little bit uh, into you coming into the game, but you held strong at the end and helped your team battle to a one, one draw, of course. So you have to be happy with that performance overall to, to not be that, that sometimes unfortunately, Oh, the backup goalies in, Oh, now we're going to score seven on her. You, you held strong. <laughs> and as you mentioned, you were a starter previously. So that certainly helped you. Yeah. And I think it's even funny looking back at the goal. Like it, I feel like had I known my personnel, that's not a ball I ever come for. You've got two girls that are almost six foot right in front of you mm-hmm. that could have easily cleared it. And I, you know, looking back at the film, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so rusty. What a dumb decision. Um, but I really wanted to make it up for that team because I could tell how hard they were battling in front of me. And I just wanted to make sure I could do everything I possibly could for us to at least come out with a point. And obviously, me knowing Seattle pretty well from playing there, I knew kind of what to expect from their offense. And um, they came at us, and the defense really held strong for me. Well, as, as you move forward, Carolyn, uh you have been spending more time, obviously, back back on the bench as, as Aubrey Bledsoe uh, came back from concussion. Uh, so, what what has it been as a professional athlete, somebody you know that you know you're you're not going to be starting again? How do you keep yourself motivated weekend and week out? Well, that's a good question, but luckily for me, ever since I was a kid, I feel like I've always had kind of like an internal motivating factor 
and it's just kind of an outlier for me. I'm not sure what it's been, but motivation has never been um, something that I feel I lack. Um, I think that part of that is just looking at the big picture. You never know what's going to happen. Um, and I wish I had been more prepared before getting called into Seattle because I think that I wasn't prepared to even go into that situation. But yeah, just day in and day out trying to make the other goalkeepers better and selfishly trying to make myself better at the off chance of there's another opportunity for me. That's definitely something that motivates me. Plus I know, um, the dreams that I have, like in my heart, the big dreams and the smaller goals to get there, those are very much so, um, still possible. And so those are the things that kind of keep me going, uh, even knowing that I won't be starting. What are some of those bigger goals out of curiosity? Of course, you talk to you talk to players that are still young in their career, and they obviously, everybody for the most part, I haven't met one person that, that is, says they don't want to represent their country at the highest level or play in a World Cup or play in an Olympics. But is that is that along the tracks that you're thinking, or is it being a, a long-term starter for a club and winning a championship? What, what are some of those goals for, for fans that maybe might not know? Yeah, well, Obviously, next year will be my fourth year in the league, and I would really like to be somewhere where I can win out that number one spot and kind of build a home wherever that is. Um, Obviously, this is my third year and third team, and it does get difficult not feeling like any one team is necessarily looking at you and going, okay, we're in it for the long haul with you. We can see that, you know, you staying here multiple years. And so that's obviously a first goal of mine is to secure that spot somewhere, but it's funny you say that. I actually feel like I meet a lot of girls who their attitude towards the national team is that would be cool, but it's not necessarily what I'm striving for. And I think a lot of girls are also like, think it's taboo to come out and say like, yeah, that is my dream because so many people might look at them and go, okay, that's not possible. But for me, that's something that has been a burning desire ever since I was eight years old and first saw Abby Wambach play. That's, even though, you know, different positions, that was just the first strong, aggressive, outspoken woman that I saw in <laughs> female sports. And I was like, I can, I can get with that. Like, that's something that I identify with. And so absolutely, I would love to represent my country at the highest level. I think that's the biggest honor in soccer. And there are lots of things that have to come into play and fall into place before that happens. But it's definitely always on the back of my mind. Well, of course, at this point, I'm sure it helps that, that you're training with someone like Ellie Krieger, who obviously represents our country, but also Alenja in Marta, who has represented her country so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what do you take from them every week as, as you look at the bigger picture and, and, uh, and see the positive attributes that they may bring? And, you know, what do you learn from them every week? Yeah, well, actually, it's funny. I was just having this conversation with Jamia Fields over breakfast before training. I had to kind of take a step back and, as I was journaling, what have I learned every season was something I was asking myself. And obviously, in my rookie season, I learned everything from Hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, she basically transformed my game by just letting me train with her because they didn't have to keep an amateur goalkeeper. They could have been like, we're good, go home. But she broke things. And I learned an immense amount from her. And then obviously last year with Christy Pierce, learning so much more about tactical defense and how to turn defense into offense. And then this year, obviously, Marta. Um, I mean, 
she makes me look like a fool some days and other days <laughs> <laughs> and other days, you know, I'm making saves and I feel confident. Like, you know, like you're saying, this is the best, one of the best players in the world. And here I am on the same field holding my own. It gives you confidence knowing that, you know, whatever your current situation is, that you can always climb further and be somewhere else. And you never know what position you'll find yourself in. I think for what it's worth, too, March, it would probably look, would make most even top male goalkeepers look pretty <laughs> silly as well, too. So, <laughs> just... I, you know, Before March, the best player I'd ever played with and against in my entire career is Kim Little. Mm. And I'd love to see a Kim Little-Marta duel because Ooh. that's just, that would be something else. But, yeah, learning just so much from seeing what she's thinking offensively, I feel like, prepares me to go into battle against somebody like Amarta. And then obviously Allie is such a great leader and just having her on the defensive line mm-hmm. and seeing how she reads the game and adapts and adjusts and really kind of pulls the best out of people is something that I really admire and have grown to kind of like learn and try to bring into my own game also. Right. And oh, by the way, Alex Morgan's back in town as well too. So you can get, <laughs> yeah, you get to deal with her is. now as well too in practice, which I'm sure is going to be uh, a benefit too, but also obviously for the club as well too. Uh, we obviously got to let you run here shortly, Caroline, but before we do, uh, Orlando losing 1-0 this last week to Chicago. Now they look ahead. Uh, they take on Washington, which uh, for those that have been following the league, Washington is dead last right now. Uh, Orlando sits in sixth place. A win would actually uh, put them level with Portland, uh, depending on how Portland does this weekend as well, too. They've been a little bit all over the place recently. But uh, talk to us about this game as they take on uh, a Washington team that has struggled immensely, as many thought they would this season. Yeah. um, Well, actually, I think that we played really well against Chicago. We just didn't put away the chances that we had necessarily, um, probably especially on free kicks and corner kicks. But I think that if we just continue to stay solid on defense, and organized and just kind of impose our will against them that will come out on top. Obviously, this is a team who's lost a lot of players, gained a lot of new players on the D.C. side. So I, not playing against them this year, don't really know what to expect. Um, but I think that if we just continue to stay solid and organized as a team and just like I said, put away those chances offensively and really play our game, that everything will take care of itself and we'll come out with those three points. Simon, did you have any follow-up to that at all? I just wanted to say, Caroline, that uh, if there's if there's one thing in your future that you may want to look to is coaching because uh, I love the answer that you gave and you obviously have a tactical brain. So uh, <laughs> it's been a, blast. been a blast having you back on the show. Uh, thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely, Caroline. And just be careful, too, when you say, well, I'm likely not going to play. We all know what happened last time you said that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we, yeah, I'm not allowed to say that anymore. Right, exactly. That's like everybody, all the Orlando fans are like, well, Caroline's going to start this week. So, uh, But we, we appreciate the time, Carolina. We wish you and uh, Orlando the very best of luck this weekend. And wish you the best of luck as well, too, as you continue to try to figure out where your career is going to be taking you. And we uh, look forward to having you back on the program again soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Caroline Stanley on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. We are going to run to a break. When we come back, the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Wilt will be here with us as we continue to wrap things up on Two Up Front. We are here at Left's Lucky Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Back with more right after this. Oh, dear God. I need to go have a drink now. All right. Nicely done, everybody.
with Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan, yes. Yeah, Baxter, so I, I realize that uh, we were talking about the torrent. Indeed. We're not airing this show until Saturday. That is correct. So for all of you listening to this show that are in Milwaukee, don't go to Hart Park on Saturday. There's not a game on Saturday. They will, they will not be there, no. I, 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 broke, I broke the whole veil. I'm like uh, the curtain <sighs> from Wizard of Oz has been ah. pulled back. We're recording on Friday, but we're airing this show on Saturday. So why we can't uh, have nice things, Simon. That's why. That's why. This is the so reason I, number one at the top of our list is I was I was the Wizard of Oz for only so long. Simon Baxter. is the Veil Ripper. <laughs> I don't know, or the Veil Breaker. I don't. I don't know. Either way, but we've had a lot of fun today, Simon. We've had some great guests on the program. Big thanks to Lynn Williams and Caroline Stanley, and also Sarah Killian as well too for all stopping by the program. Uh, but we also don't want to shy away from the men's game right now, of course, because there is a big tournament uh, kicking off. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this as it's coming out on Saturday, there's a game. That, there's two games that took place last night. I don't know if we want to talk in the third, future, past, present. Yeah, how do we do that? I don't know. So, <laughs> Friday, today, there's two games that are going on. I just don't want to even try to like talk in like the 12th sense, basically, because yes, I'm super yes. confused. But French Guyana and Canada and Honduras, Costa Rica uh, Ooh, I, get going tonight I, on Friday. I, I, I kind of wish this. we were recording this after that Honduras-Costa Rica game. That's going to be a fun one. That is going to be a huge one in the standings, Baxter. I, I, I've got Costa Rica taking this whole tournament. Do you? I really do. Really? Listen, it's been U.S. and Mexico that have won every edition, except for Canada winning it in 2000. <laughs> Out of all the teams to break Canada. the... And there was a lot of hopes on that U.S. or I'm sorry, on that Canada team in 2000, and, and we've seen that it's gone nowhere just kind of like their 1986 appearance right. in the World Cup. Um, but Costa Rica's bringing their A team. They're the only team bringing their A team, at least for the first part of the tournament. So I do have Costa Rica going all the way. I'm just going to start out my preview with that, Baxter. Wow. Um, but the, the tough thing about choosing a winner for this is because after the group stage, Every single team can bring in six new players to replace six That's other players. That's always such a strange rule to me. You know, the only thing I can think of, the only logical way, and I'm sure somebody out there listening knows the actual reason, uh, but the only logical thing to me is, is what, well, first we're going to play some music as Simon's thinking <laughs> here, uh, is, is for the fact that this tournament happens every other summer rather yep. than most continental championships happening every four years. Correct. Uh, so perhaps it's a way of, of giving younger players some time every other year, mm -hmm. but then also, I guess maybe trying to take the tournament a little bit more serious from the knockout stages on. That's the, that's the only thing I can make sense uh, of. Yeah, I think that makes kind of sense to me because I mean, think about it. Two years ago, nobody really knew what Christian Pulisic was or is now to an extent. I know he's not on this roster, which I think some like some U.S. fans I think are upset about that. They're well, like, it can't like, be. Like, you, like you, we want him on the team, but. He's got a new manager to impress. He's got a lot right. to do up in Dortmund. And frankly, if the U.S. isn't going to bring their A team, I don't want Christian Pulisic on this team. It's going to make him almost it's, – it's not worth his time to be on a, a bunch of rosters full of B players. Well, it, it, plus you want to make sure you're giving your B players time in a tournament right. setting. And, and when you have most of the other teams bringing in their B players, like, like Mexico is, yeah. this is a great time to, to, to bleed – some of the younger players. Exactly. And, I and mean, this tournament is known for that as well. And I, and I look at this roster, too, at least in the midfielder spot, if that's where Pulisic ended up, would he, he ended up playing, I think he'd be the best option of the, of the, of the you know, nine or ten midfielders as it would be, basically. Breaking news, Baxter. <gasps> oh, breaking I like, news. I like breaking news. Mexico's head coach 
Juan Carlos Osario, who of course spent time in MLS, has been suspended <gasps> for six games. Bum, bum, bum. Six games, Baxter. That's crazy. Wow. Well, I, I don't really know if that's going to affect Mexico very much. Will they? Do they actually ever listen to their manager when he's on the field? Oh, that's a good question. I'm I don't sure. know. I don't know if that's actually true or not. He's also been fined five thousand one hundred eighty-two dollars. That's a very which is equivalent to five five thousand Swiss francs. I was like, that's a very specific <laughs> amount of money that he has been fined. But I think the Gold Cup's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the names of at least that I'm going to be watching personally, Kellen Rowe, the Revolution. Course, I thought he played really well against Ghana. Uh, Juan Agudelo, of course, as well, too. But the name that everybody's going to be watching is Dom Dwyer. Yeah, I think he's got an opportunity to be a golden boot winner of this tournament, Baxter. Really? Uh, if you see the, the hunger that he had in that game against Ghana, the goal that he ended up scoring, he was in the obviously the right place at the right time, but he finds himself in that place so many times that uh, the hunger that he has, I think he's going to blow up a lot of the defenders in this tournament. I think so, too. And we haven't seen, I feel like, a really true hungry forward for the United States in a long time. And I think this is a great opportunity for Dwyer, Morris, and Agudelo to, to showcase their skills a lot as well, too. So, in your mind, what's a realistic finish for this B, B-plus national team? Uh, I, realistically, I think they can still win the whole thing. Um, they certainly have to do better than the fourth place finish last time out. Right. Um, Try to sweep uh, that know. under the rug. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Um, I think it'd be. A, I, I still will say it, it'll be a disappointment if they don't make it to the championship game. Hmm. That's still the that's still the standard even for yes. a, for a B team. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Okay. When, you, when you're playing against other B teams, then absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and Mexico, as you mentioned as well, too. Obviously, they're coming off of the, the Confederations pounding from Germany as well, too. So they uh, that's why they're sending a lot of B teamers. I would assume as well, too. Well, the same thing with that the U.S. is doing though. They want to get some younger guys, some experience in right. an international tournament. So this is a this is a good one to do it in. Absolutely. All right. Uh, any other final thoughts about the Gold Cup at all, sir? Before we run to our final break. Yeah, I'm really interested actually to see how well Martinique does in this tournament. Martinique. Yeah, I think what? they. Uh, Did they bribe they, you? They could surprise us. Seems like a, a random country people. to have you talk <laughs> about. Well, they've got a player on their team. I've lost it here. Uh, he plays for Chelsea, so he's he's going to be leading the brigade hmm. um, out of Martinique. And it's always fun to see these Concacaf minnows get into the Gold Cup and to see to see what they can do. Interesting. Well, I'm very curious now to take a look to see what, uh, what Martinique does, because when they do something, I'm sure I will see it on the Twitter and on everywhere else as Simon said. See, I was right. Uh, listen, the last thing I'll say is I, I do want to see Kellen Acosta in the yeah. midfield for the U.S. He's an exciting young player. Great that, goal uh, for them early. Uh, I, I'd love to see him you know, with this B team, be the general of this B team, and see how he does. But there's no doubt in my mind that he will get some opportunities, more opportunities with, I guess we'd call the A-team. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. All right, we're going to run to our final break. When we come back, Mr. Soccer himself, Peter Wilt, is going to be here with us live at Left's Lucky Town to talk about uh, a new project. I think that might be a loose term to call it, but he's going to shed a little bit more light on what he's got going on and how that man, I swear, just, just can't sit still. He's always got to do something. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. Peter Wilt will be here with us right after this. Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub.
back here at Let's Lucky Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. It is to a front presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colbert. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. We've had a great show so far. Some great guests as well, too, all appearing on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, too. Uh, we're on social media. We're on the website. We're everywhere, Simon, aren't we? We are. We're on Facebook, Two Up Front. In the search bar, you'll find us there. We're also on Twitter, at Two Up Front Soccer. Use the number two. Don't spell it out. I'm at Simon Provan. You're at Baxter Colburn. And one thing I think we haven't mentioned yet, Baxter, is we are presented by Three Lines Pub. Let's, yes. Let's not forget our uh, Absolutely. amazingly awesome sponsor. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, before we get out of here, uh, we've got a great guest with us here in our remote studios. Uh, he tried running as he, he sat he down. Did. We pulled him back in. Said, we no, said, we're going we're gonna to talk. To duct tape him down, and we bribed him <laughs> with a beer. So that's some, some people just uh, are very simple when it comes to that. But... Uh, we talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, the former GM of the Chicago Fire, uh, Mr. Soccer, Peter Wilt, uh, has launched a new soccer league uh, called the NISA, and he's here now with us to, to give us a little bit more insight on that. So welcome back to Two Up Front, Peter. Great to see you Thank again, you, sir. Uh, Baxter. Thank you, Simon. And by the way, I have to say I'm really impressed that you have Two Up Front polo shirt. Yes, I try to be as official as shirt. I can. <laughs> <laughs> sure. there, there is another one. There is. Simon I, has I, the I other one. I'm for the... Uh, for the game calling tonight. Yes. <laughs> yes. You guys have gone big time. We try. We certainly try. Uh, you, you set a good model for us. So like, if Peter can do it, we want to do it. Right. That's, That's right. That's for sure. But, uh, so, Peter, let, let's talk about this because you've you've set the the soccer world and social media world, which is, I think, almost a little bit more fun to watch sometimes, uh, ablaze with this new uh, Division Three league, as at least some people are calling it, uh, the NISA. Uh, tell us a little bit about it before we, we really dive into it. Well, with... Uh, USL's move to provisional Division II status. There's a void uh, in U.S. soccer structure at the Division III level, at least for now. USL's looking at getting back into the business for 2019. But in addition to that void in Division III, there's a void for this type of league that does a few things. Specifically, it's owner, it's team owner control. So, uh, the owners of the team, I mean, just like most major leagues, you know, baseball, basketball, football, NFL, uh, NBA, et cetera, the owners will run and govern this league. And that's a differentiation with the USL specifically. And one of the other big differentiations with this league is that the ambition is to have it connected with Division Two and Division Four leagues at a minimum to have promotion and relegation mm. and have other connections with those leagues commercially and competitively. Um, commercially, we're looking at having broadcast agreements for uh, all three of those level leagues, as well as national sponsorship for all three leagues, um, marketing for all three leagues. And then competitively, in, in addition to the sexy promotion relegation, we're looking at <laughs> having some sort of uh, multi-league cup that all three <laughs> leagues would participate in. Maybe not all the teams, maybe it's just the finalists of the pre previous season's uh, uh, schedule, that sort of thing. Uh, and a simple thing like player combines to connect divisions 2, 3, and 4 like they are in the rest of the world. What we're hoping NISA does is add relevance and connections to uh, the divisions above and below it so it does more replicate the sport in the rest of the world. Yeah, so uh, you talked about promotion relegation. Uh, one of the big questions out there, so I'm going to play devil's advocate for, for some of these well, questions. He does it well, Peter. If you've never, if you've never experienced <laughs> this, Simon does it well. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you say to those people who say, you know, that's, you, you have owners of League A who have put, uh, you know, $25 million into a team, and now you've got teams in, in a lower division who've, who've put thousands of dollars in. 
How is it fair then that you've got, you know, how is it going to shake out for these owners basically that say, wait a second, we're going to have a team come up from a division that they only had to put, well, it's even a million dollars versus $25 million in. What well, uh, first of all, they always ask questions that they're afraid to ask by saying, what do you say to other people who would <laughs> ask this question? Yeah, I'm, not asking, I'm not asking this. Some guy in the parking lot told me, he said, hey, talk to Peter about yeah, this. Yeah, I want to yeah. know. I'm fine with it, but uh, <laughs> this guy out in the parking lot. Exactly. Yeah, well, you told me we have you know, eight to ten minutes for this segment, and I, <laughs> I, 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 I may or may not have written a 9,000-word piece on promotion <laughs> relegation. I understand. Actually, yes, you have. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah, I could just read that to you, and, and we might be I here for the I could just put my headset down and go right. get a drink. Yes. If you wanted yes, to start reading. You ask one tough question and the I man know. beat you down. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a rather complicated issue, but sure. the short answer is that uh, by virtue of being part of this promotion and relegation structure, the value of every team at every level will go up significantly. So even that $25 million value team, that risk going down to $1 million, which is extreme yeah, and sure, it's not sure. really what's going to happen, but let's say it is. That $25 million value team, uh, if it does go down, it won't go down immediately to $1 million. The value of it overall will it'll take a hit, uh, but it won't lose all of its, uh, its value. And on the flip side, either by just staying in the level they are and being part of the structure that will get more interest, more eyeballs on television in person, more interest from sponsors and broadcasters, the value of that team will go up significantly, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And then if there is a division put on top of that and they get promoted, well, then they can go from a $25 million value to maybe a $150 million value. Um, So perhaps there's higher risk in this, but there's certainly higher reward. Interesting. Okay. So let's talk about uh, locations, I guess. And uh, from what the releases that I've seen, uh, there are teams that have been committed to this. Can you share any of the the regions or vicinities? We have 13 letters of intent so far uh, that have been signed. And there's another maybe half dozen markets that are reviewing letters of intent and considering it. I do think before uh, September 1st, when uh, the entry fees are due, We'll end up with 17 or 18 letters of intent. Now, how many of those will be converted into actual entries uh, is to be determined. My, my instinct is 8 to 12 for 2018. Okay. And then a number of others, you know, call it 4 to 8 for 2019. Um, regionally, it's spread out throughout the country, the interest. Uh, we're going to uh, stop the league at 24 teams, uh, top it out there fully populated 24 markets. We don't want to be more than that because it dilutes not only the quality of the league, but the value of these franchises. If you just keep selling them, uh, there's no value. The value goes down for the people that do invest in them. So we're going to stop it at 24. At that point, that's when we can get into promotion and relegation. My best guess based on the interest we've received so far is there's going to end up being four Four regions that will be represented. There'll be four in the east, uh, six teams in the east, six teams in the west, six in the upper Midwest where we're located now in Milwaukee, and then six in the the lower Midwest or the southern Midwest. Uh, and you know, with promotion and relegation, that's going to change over time because there'll be some teams promoted right. from sure. maybe the same region where New there's already six, and all that, of course, as well. And too. That, that's part of the excitement of it. And there is a territorial uh, exclusivity for these uh, teams that initially get in. 
of uh, 40 miles, but it's a temporary exclusive until we do get into promotion and relegation. And when that happens, if someone down the street gets promoted, uh, then you know what? You've got Manchester United versus Manchester sure. City in the sure. same market. And that's uh, the beauty of it. There will be two conferences, an Eastern and Western Conference. They'll play 32 games, 16 home, 16 away, within their own conference. They won't cross over uh, until the championship game. And that's to save travel, but it's also to create more geographic rivalries where the fans get more excited about seeing the team from 100 miles away play uh, than they do seeing a team from 1,000 miles away. Well, it also brings value to that championship game that you you have a balanced schedule in the conferences, but then you can't really determine the champion of the league until they have this interconference final championship game. It's true because I'm a big baseball fan, and uh, you you love having the interleague play, especially when interleague play first started. But the truth is we've now seen – the Cubs and White Sox and Mets and Yankees so often that it's just not as special as it used to be. And so when the World Series comes around, it's not that different. Sure. I do want to ask you one thing, and I know this promotion relegation talk is is down the years down the road. Hopefully not too far. We actually think once we fully populate in three years, we can at least start po- uh, promoting. Okay. And okay. the idea is that we can promote to the, call it the NASL. Hopefully they'll, we're in early talks with them. Sure. If they're not fully populated, and I, I suspect they may top out at 20 teams, so let's say they're at 16 or 17 at that point, we'll promote without having a relegation for a year, two okay. or three years. Because the interest we're finding from NISA is we can infill. We can keep sure, selling sure. another one. Um, or maybe we get a promotion from a Division Four by that point. Uh, so I don't think it's too far down the road. Okay. Well, it, well, that actually makes this a little more relevant then is what happens if you do have a team that gets promoted, but with all the different relegations, the criteria that U.S. soccer has in order for teams and leagues to qualify for certain divisions, you have that team that gets promoted, but they can't actually see through that promotion. Right. How, how do you handle that situation? There's a couple parts of that. Uh, first of all, U.S. soccer, for their minimum standards, they will allow a period of adjustment, sure. a period of time for them to meet that criteria. And then uh, our league will help with that uh, adjustment. You know, we have, uh, we've retained an investment bank, Club 9 Sports, that will uh, help put investors together with existing soccer teams that will bring more money into the club to help them uh, improve their facilities or any other standard that they need to meet. And that's the way it is in the rest of the world. And then if worse comes to worse, teams will have the opportunity to decline uh, a promotion. It happens in the rest of the world. You don't like to see a team declined, and at that point, then you can go to the next team down and offer the promotion to them. Absolutely. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. sounds sounds very intriguing to say that. Um, i got one more question for you, Peter, before we let you run. So uh, it's no secret that we're big fans of the NWSL here on our program, and uh, right now the league is at 10 teams and looking to expand. How many guests well did you too. have on the show today? Uh, you're number four. And the other three were all women's net. We're all women's players. players. All women's yeah. players. I feel yeah. honored to be in that group. Thank <laughs> yeah, you very much. We're very grateful yeah. to have you. Yeah. Well, the reason we bring this up is because you've dabbled in everything, basically, and, and the men's side of it. Do we ever see Peter Will jumping into the NWSL pool at all at some point? <laughs> Did you miss that part of my career where I launched WPS and the Chicago Red Stars? I mean, people I mean, talk with about w, that. With WPS, <laughs> I was one of, of uh, so, maybe of half a dozen uh, uh, 
Marcus that, that launched the league back in uh, 2007, 2008, and then 2009. How about re-involved? How about that? Re-involved. Then? re-involved. <laughs> let's, let's say you took some time off, yeah. got some sun, now you're back kind of a thing. No, absolutely. You know, we've talked about it even with NISA that uh, down the road there might be an opportunity to have a lower division women's league that could um, align with NWSL and even uh, bring promotion and relegation mm-hmm. uh, to the women's side of the equation. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've always uh, felt missing from the women's game. You've had the NWSL for five years. I, I honestly, you probably know more about it than I do as far as the stability of it. But it'd be nice to see a U.S. Women's Open Cup. We have the men's yeah. side, but we well, don't have got, a, we don't have a w- tournament for the, for the yeah. women's Yeah, I say if you've got the WPSL, which is, I know, a U23 league, which is some you know academy teams and feeder teams, obviously, for the first teams for some of the NWSL, but... Still, yeah, you're right. There seems to be that, that dramatic drop-off for that, unfortunately. It's part of the growth. I think uh, we're, I really like what NWSL is doing, the mm-hmm. stability on the business side. Uh, U.S. soccer, Canadian soccer, the Mexican Federation's uh, support of, of the league and keeping expenses down, they're growing smartly. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that growth will lead to lower division uh, professional women's soccer as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Anything else for you, Simon, before we let Peter run? No, I just want to wish you the best of luck with, yeah. with Nisa. It's exciting. It's Thank exciting you very time. much. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Toronto. One other thing I want to close with. Yeah, please. This is, I figured out, my 12th uh, soccer game I've seen this year, going to the Torrent game tonight. Oh. Out of those 12, which isn't a lot, it's two a month, whatever. But it, out of those 12 games, six of them have been NPSL games. Half mm, of them. Excellent. It equals the combined of, and I think it's been five other leagues. Well, because I saw two MLS games, one the fire, uh, one NASL Indianapolis, one USL in Phoenix, and uh, Milwaukee Wave game MASL, and I yeah there might I be another one in there USL, yeah that might be it. So, I think that's five right there. Yeah. yeah so I, um, I I really enjoy these games out so here bingo. at Hard Park. It's a, it's um, a, it's a certifiable bingo right I there. I think so. <laughs> I actually get a beer or something for it. But yeah. I, I, I love uh, Left's uh, Lucky Town support of the Torrent, and I love coming to games out here. And I encourage uh, others to do the same. Yeah, actually, can, can I ask you one more question then? You brought the NPSL. I, I know you, at least in press releases, have been talked about that the NPSL possibly being part of this promotion relegation. Have, have there been further talks with the NPSL on that? We've been talking to uh, various board members about it, and I think there's um, a real desire among the teams in the NPSL uh, to have some sort of connection. I think the important part to accomplish that, though, is to create a level that is semi-pro, I'll say, Mm -hmm. and importantly, one that plays a full schedule. Mm. Right now, most NPSL teams play only 12 games, six home, six away. And if you're in NISA and you're used to playing 32 games, 16 home, 16 away, and your team gets relegated, from a business standpoint, I don't (laughs) think it makes sense to move them into a league that only has six revenue opportunities the following year. So if the NPSL can get to a position where – some or all of their teams are playing a full schedule, and the challenge there is the use of NCAA players. Right. Uh, right. So they're going to need a level that uh, uses um, amateur players that are not NCAA eligible uh, or that can play the full uh, full year, at least 24 games, 12 home, 20, 12 away, uh, or semi-pro. Then I think we can do the relegation and promotion with between the third and fourth division. And there are some talks going on uh, in that regard. We're certainly encouraging it, and uh, it's the next step in the growth. And beyond that, I think divisions five, six, seven, and eight can happen quickly because those teams already exist. 
Absolutely. They're yeah. already there. Yeah. You got it's the a major matter of structuring and, it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Putting yeah. them in a, a structure. And, oh, my goodness, can you imagine it? We at least have divisions two through eight within the view. It can happen here in the United States in the next few years. Excellent. Well, Peter, it's always a pleasure, sir, and uh, we love hearing uh, and seeing inside the mind that is Peter Wilt. So uh, always a pleasure, sir. We thank you for thanks stopping back, by sir. today. Thanks, Baxter. Simon, great. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Right. Anytime. There goes Peter Wilt uh, joining us here live at Left's Lucky Town. Uh, we're going to put a bow on this show as we are getting ready to run, but uh, any closing thoughts from you, Simon Provan? No, just, uh, you know, amazing, amazing opportunities to speak with great players, speak with someone of the mind of Peter Wilt. He's got his hands in everything in U.S. soccer. It's exciting, Baxter. Absolutely. Well, a very special thank Thanks to Peter Wilt, also Caroline Stanley of the Orlando Pride, Lynn Williams of the North Carolina Courage and Women's National Team, and Sarah Killian of Sky Blue FC, all for stopping by the program today, all courtesy of ShopFootsall.com on our call-in line, so great to have all of them as well. Two and a big thanks to our presenting sponsor, Three Lines Pub, for all they do. And remember to go check out our website, the number two, twoupfrontsoccer.com. Yeah, check us out on Facebook, Two Up Front, in the search bar you'll find us. Why don't you give us a like, give us a share. It takes a split second to do that. Find us on Twitter as well, at 2UpFrontSoccer. Go ahead and give us a follow there. Follow our personal handles, at Simon Proban, at Baxter Colbert. All right, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We will see you next time. For those that want to listen to the Milwaukee Torrent, uh, for those that are listening to this, I guess, on Saturday, go back and listen to the broadcast. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure there was a lot of goals, and, uh, yeah, it was fun. I don't know. It's weird when you record a show and then it comes out the next day. Either way, for Simon Proban, I'm Baxter Colbert. With our manager being the one above, we are 2UpFront. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.